I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome on back, everybody, to another episode of the podcast, To Be Named Later. I am Noah Hiles. I'm running solo today, and that's all right because, well, we've got a lot to talk about. I am sitting here at my desk. It is quarter till 1 a.m. Happy Tuesday to everybody. I actually take that back. It's not a happy Tuesday because that was a pathetic loss for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That There's no way... You can put a silver lining on that. Were there a lot of good things that happened in that game? Yeah, you you could say that. There were a lot of positives. However, after the eighth inning, it was all bad. And all of the bad simply wiped away all of the good. To the point where Alex is so overloaded with work, I just told him, Mr. Beat Reporter... My friend Alex, Alex Stumpf, let me take this one. Let old Noah just get on the mic and rant. I got more than two segments worth of things to say. We're going to condense it down and just reflect on what the hell just happened. It's only game four of the 2020 season, but I feel like I've watched that ball game for three years, if not more. I've seen that game, I want to say, I mean, I've seen that game in the Clint Hurdle era. I've seen that game before the Clint Hurdle era. That was, that was Pirates baseball, if we're being honest. That's, that's, if, if you want to attack it, and I, and I don't like the stereotypical pessimistic Pirates fans. I really don't. They, they, they annoy me. I, I'm, I'm a overtly positive person normally, and I don't like pessimism, but It's nights like these where I see the pessimistic Pirates fan on Twitter and I say, you know what? I get it, man. I freaking get it. Because that loss on Monday night or Tuesday morning, this morning, that loss, that was pathetic. At the top of my note sheet, when I watch the games, now that I'm doing a daily podcast on them, I want to... Stay in tune. I uh, I keep score. I keep book, and I also have a notepad. At the top of my uh, notepad, I have this quote, and it's we're gonna start off with a cliche, and I, I I know that cliches aren't great, but it's it's fitting. Sometimes cliches are fitting, and this cliche, it hits home today. Good teams find a way to win. Bad teams find a way to lose. I'm not here to say that the Pirates are a bad team. They're four games into the season. It's too early to tell if they're good or bad. But they were a bad team today. They found a way to lose the ball game. Despite getting a great outing from Chad Cool, his first outing 
since returning from Tommy John. You could count what we saw him do against the Indians. But this was real live action. It counted. And by golly, did he make the most of it. He had he was tested. He had runners on base. And he faced a good lineup. That Brewers team is a good lineup. That's a back-to-back postseason team. They have the best left-handed hitter in baseball in that lineup. He did fine. More than fine. Chad Cool delivered one of the best pitching performances the Pirates have received this year. And the guy hasn't pitched since 2018. The first questionable decision in the game, I think, came after Cool was taken out. They put in Stratton and Stallings, who continues to be great defensively, throws out, I believe it was Yelich, trying to steal second base. They throw out Yelich. And they don't keep Stratton in. They go with Turley, who allows the run to tie the game. At the end of the day, not a huge deal. Eventually, the Brewers were going to score, more than likely, when your starter goes two innings. And that's the... No one's, it's not Brault's fault. And he was, the plan was for him to go three anyway. The rain delay cut that inning short. But the bullpen was probably going to allow one run. That's Turley. But I would have liked to see Chris Stratton go. Nonetheless, wanted to bring that up. Um, Turley did fine after allowing that one run. But I go back to my point of bad teams find a way to lose. This team put itself in situations to lose this game before they actually did lose this game. Twice. Twice on Monday. Or I guess once on early Tuesday. They allowed Christian Yelich to come up with the bases loaded in a tie ball game. You can't allow that. You can't let that happen. Especially when one comes from a walk, letting him come up with the bases loaded, and the other is when he comes up Because of an error. You can't make those mistakes. I don't care if it's game four. You cannot do that. Bad teams find a way to lose a game. We've talked about some negatives. Let's talk about some positives. Alex hinted it on Twitter. Colin Moran. Or as I should call him, Colin Barry Lamar Bonds Moran. I called Yelich the best left-handed hitter in baseball. And that was a slight... Against my good pal, my good buddy Colin Moran, who is absolutely killing the baseball right now. I had so many nice things planned to say about Colin Moran. Shame on me for getting excited and planning a podcast talking about a Pirates victory before that 27th out was recorded. Shame on me. This was going to be the Colin Moran Hall of Fame acceptance speech. I was going to be introducing him. I still will. The way this guy's swinging, I can't wait. It's a Hall of Fame career in the making. No, but in all seriousness, he he's playing very well. And it's a shame that Colin Moran, his efforts are, are his effort tonight was, was negated. It was erased. Mr. Home Opener had to sit on the bench and watch Eric Gonzalez have a pathetic at-bat in the 11th. As the, as the game pretty much came to an end. Another good moment that I'll point out. Jose Asuna. Jose Asuna. And, and, and I say his name and some people are thinking, what, what did he do? 
I'm looking at a stat sheet right now. Double play, strikeout, reached on an error. And that's what I want to talk about. Reached on an error. A lot of sabermetrics people now, a lot of modern-day baseball guys, they kind of make fun of people rooting for hustle. The Pete Roses of the world, they're, they're, they're looked at differently than they were during Pete Rose's time. But Jose Asuna showed why hustle is important. He busts his ass down the first baseline. He forces Pena to make a bad throw. It goes wild. It puts him and the runner in front of him, Reynolds, in scoring position. Dyson knocks both of those guys in. If he doesn't hustle, that's an out. Reynolds might score, but they lose the game in the bottom of the ninth. Probably would have got us all an extra couple hours of sleep, so maybe he shouldn't have hustled. But that was nice to see. There were positive things, but again, all negated. Let's get to the ninth inning. The part of the game where, going into it, we all had that thought. Michael Feliz comes on to the bump. We're thinking, okay, this, this is scary, but hey, the bullpen's been great so far. I mean, they, to this point of the game, they had six one run. They had six innings with one run allowed against the Milwaukee Brewers team that hits the Pirates pretty well. Why can't Michael Feliz finish the job? He's got a four-run cushion. Well, they start off by going with the strategy that Bob Walk certainly didn't like, and I would join Bob Walk in that method of thinking, and I think that many others did. Now, if it worked, and Justin Smoke hit a fly ball and, and flew out to left center to Adam Frazier, everyone, that would have been one of the main things Alex wrote about tonight. But it didn't work. Instead of shifting a guy, they go with this four outfielder strategy and what does he do? He hits a single on the ground. This, this four outfield strategy that plays to fly balls, this no double strategy, when you're up by four runs. What does, what does a double mean? He just needs to get on base. That's the objective at the plate right here, which he did. Michael Feliz can't throw strikes. At least he couldn't Monday night. It was tough to watch. It was evident that he was not going to finish that ball game. So you're thinking then. Alright, we'll get Nick Birdie up. I'm recording this now as Derek Shelton is probably giving his post-game press conference. And I'm confident media members are going to ask him. Was Nick Birdie available? And I'm confident he is going to say no. And that's fine. It's not fine, but it's fine. He just had another arm injury. You want to ease him back into it. But this is a 60-game sprint. And, and, and in all honesty, what has Kyle Crick done to give you confidence to get that last out? I guess it's either him or Navaroskis. So, when you're going between those two options, yeah, sure, you go with Crick, but, I mean, come on. First batter, he comes in, Ryan Braun. 
How fitting was that as well? Ryan Braun. If Pirates fans needed a little bit of a reminder of what suffering feels like, good old Ryan Braun was there to provide it. Yikes. Tie game, we go into extras. I'll save you the takes on what people think of this new extra innings format. Regardless what you think of it, both teams have the equal opportunity. So, and in reality, the Pirates had a great opportunity in the bottom of the 10th. A great opportunity. After Neveroskis comes in and figures a way out to, to, to throw a shutout inning. He figured it out. They have a guy who can bunt very well at the plate. They have a guy who can run very well on second base in Cole Tucker. And they take out, the Brewers take out arguably the best relief pitcher in the National League who was on the hill. And they took him out of the game. This is a dream scenario. The Pirates could not have drawn this up any better. A good runner, a good bunter, no outs, and the best pitcher on the team you're facing is just taken out of the game. A strikeout in three pitches is what followed that. Well, it's okay. We got the top of the order coming up. If we need a hit, these would be the guys that deliver, right? Through four games, you know what the Pittsburgh Pirates top of the order is hitting? One through three? Four for 45. That's what the top three spots of the order are batting right now. Four for 45. That's 088. 088. They have nine strikeouts. They have four hits. All of them singles. I believe one run batted in. They're getting a couple walks too. But they have struck out, I believe, more than they have been on base through four games. And I get it. It's four games. But we're only playing 60 the second spot of the order in the Pirates lineup this season has yet to get a base hit. The top spot of the order in the three-hole have two hits apiece. Eventually, the Brewers were going to score, and they did. Brock Holt, former Pirate, drives in the game-winning run. Bottom of the 11th, JB moves the guy over. Eric Gonzalez... And is a defensive replacement for Colin Moran, the best offensive player on the team right now. He strikes out. Brian Reynolds, four games in. I have as many base hits as he does right now. He's a much better baseball player than me. But we have the same amount of base hits in the 2020 season. And if I sound frustrated, if I sound dramatic, I apologize. But this is just frustrating. Because this is a game the Pirates should have won. And when it's a 60-game season, 2-2 two and two is a big difference from 1-3. and three. This team should be 2-2. Two and two. And in all honesty, this team should be 3-1. and one. This team should be in first place of the National League Central. And when you're listening to this, they're going to be toward the bottom. They're going to be in last place. They should be in first. We're going to take a break. I got all that off my chest. We'll finish off the show, the second part of it, talking less about the Pirates, more about 
the rest of the baseball news that took place yesterday. We'll be back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Now that I got all that off my chest, let's talk about something a little lighter. Checks notes. Baseball could be in big trouble. Oh, well, that's great. In case you uh, live under a rock and only pay attention to Pirates baseball and not just not this isn't just baseball news. This is world news, at least American news. And I know that because I have the Associated Press app on my phone. That's where I get a lot of my news, national news stories from. And I got a story update from them, a notification from them that this happened. Marlins players, 14 of them now, have tested positive for COVID-19. 14. The weirdest part about it, they might have known prior to going into their game on Sunday that these players were exposed to people who tested positive. And by might, I mean they did know. I mean, I I personally don't know this because I don't know these people, but from what's being reported, they knew and they didn't do anything. And as a result, two of the games scheduled on Monday, including the home opener for the Miami Marlins, was not played. The New York Yankees did not play. You can't. You can't. And it's because the worst case scenario for the MLB season during a pandemic took place just four days following the first game. And if you're like me, this scared the hell out of you. I waited a long time for baseball to come back. I waited the same amount of time everyone listening did, but it was long. That was frustrating. And... As you see, the NHL, the WNBA, the MLS, the NBA, all doing this bubble strategy. It's working for them. And while baseball came back before three of those four leagues I just mentioned, they weren't doing the bubble strategy. And I don't know about you guys, but part of me wondered, well, how is this going to work? They're... Doctors are still saying most states don't have a stay-at-home order anymore. However, doctors are still saying, yeah, you can go to work. You can go out to eat if you're, if you're socially distant and you wear a mask. But traveling is not a good idea unless if it's 
necessary. If it's if it's absolutely necessary, if it's essential. And I guess this is essential because it's work. They're traveling for work. But how many more Americans are traveling right now more than professional ball players? How many Americans right now are going to three major cities a week? Like the Pittsburgh Pirates will be. They arrived in Pittsburgh from St. Louis Sunday. Sunday evening. They're going to be in Pittsburgh. Then they're going to go to Chicago. And then Minnesota. So they're going all over the place. And that's just one team. There's a team in town right now, the Milwaukee Brewers. They were in Chicago just a couple days ago. All these guys, they're traveling all over the country. How did you not expect for something like this to happen? For a virus that's very contagious, this had to have been anticipated. Yet, I feel like it hit many of us so unexpectedly. When one guy tests positive, we can accept that. Even when it's someone like Juan Soto testing positive on opening day, you're thinking, wow, that's a big name, but hey, that'll happen. But when 14, 14 people, I mean, how, how many more times can that happen before the, N, or the MLB has to step in and, and put a pause on something? And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I certainly sound like it. I mean, this was a perfect Monday, wasn't it? You had the, the, the pandemic hitting the Miami Marlins, and then you had the Pirates just having an absolute meltdown on what looked to be a very nice win. Maybe Tuesday will be better. Maybe today will be better. <sighs> but how many more times can this happen? How many more teams can this happen to? Tomorrow, when you're listening to this, we'll know today, excuse me, can't even remember what day it is. On Tuesday, when you're listening to this, there's a chance we'll know the Phillies test results. And if, if a dozen Philadelphia Phillies test positive, what are you going to do? Will they play the game tomorrow or t- on Tuesday in New York? Two games were canceled. How many more teams does this have to happen to? And I'm not rooting for it to happen. I'm just asking. If this happens to multiple teams later on this week, the MLB already has a little bit of a problem. I think the games today kind of calm the flames a little bit. But this is this is these next 24, 48, 72 hours are going to be very interesting for not only the future of Major League Baseball, but the future of other sports who wish to continue without going with the bubble strategy. And I understand that this bubble strategy, it sounds like a perfect idea, but it's a lot easier to have a bubble when it's just the playoffs, like the NHL, or when it's regular season, and then the playoffs, like the NBA. I get that's not the case for the MLB. And we'll see how things play out. It was a it was a it was a melancholy Monday. I'm not gonna say the song title. I've already given too many cliches. So it was a melancholy Monday. We'll see if Tuesday can be better. I certainly hope so. The Pirates got another another shot to get back in the win column. Derek Holland on the bump. First MLB player to get ejected before appearing in a game for his new team since, I think, the year 2000. 
So that'll be exciting. Alex will have coverage from the ballpark. And uh, we'll have our thoughts after Tuesday's contest here on a podcast to be named later. Before I sign off, I wanted to give a quick shout-out to uh, one of the people I interacted with on Twitter. Um, Vivo Los Bucks. Alex tweeted a gif mentioning me. Vivo Los Bucks commented underneath, said he's got a new listener right here. It's just me on the mic, so Viva Los Bucks, welcome to the listening family. I appreciate all of you listeners kind of welcoming me in to this podcast and letting me talk every now and then while in between Alex's genius baseball thoughts, I get to say some things that might make sense, might not. But we'll keep going. Today's a new day. Tuesday could be... A completely different thing. Because Monday, it was tough. And let's put a bow on it now. Let's wrap it up. Let's leave it in the past. Monday's over. This was the Tuesday show. Today is going to be better. At least I hope so. We'll see how it goes when we talk about it on our next episode. See you then.